Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Boll, Director of Public Affairs. Today I'm joined by Spencer Tuma, our Director of National Legislative Programs. Spencer, good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. Great to be back. We have some news that's developing, or at least rumors that have been developing, Mm -hmm. about some movement on the USMCA, the uh, trade pact between the U.S., Mexico, and Canada. Uh, What are you hearing on that? So we have heard rumors this week from multiple sources that we are getting closer to reaching a deal on USMCA. A little bit of background context. So about a year ago, the administration formally announced that they'd reached concluding negotiations on the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. Now Congress has to ratify that agreement through the House and Senate. The power at this point really lies with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi because, of course, the House is controlled by Democrats and the Senate is controlled by Republicans and so is the White House. So the um, the House has to vote on the implementing bill first and the implementing bill basically says USMCA is now in effect and NAFTA is therefore dissolved. Um, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi controls the House voting calendar, so she holds most of the cards in this scenario. Mm -hmm. She's appointed a working group that's chaired by House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Richard Neal, um, who's a congressman. He's leading the negotiations. Democrats have some concerns about some provisions of the trade agreement. So that working group is working with the White House and with um, the U.S. Trade Representative on ironing out those details and hopefully getting that agreement done by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. We just saw also um, within the past couple of days, Senator Chuck Grassley on the Republican side uh, has expressed a little bit of concern that this might not get done by the end of the year because the negotiations have been dragging on a little too long. So uh-huh. there's a little bit of optimism, a little bit of pessimism. Um, we're not really sure where it's going to end up. That's a good point. Earlier this week, Senator Grassley was quoted as saying, you know, I think we're really coming down to the wire and I'm not totally optimistic that this is going to get done. Now, as of yesterday, I was reading this morning that because of the developments we've heard over the past 24 hours, Senator Grassley actually said, well, if that's the case, then I'm a little more optimistic than I was <laughs> earlier in the week. So it sounds like things are moving forward. Forward. Obviously, um, there are some political personalities at play here. There's a lot going on in Washington, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard about the impeachment proceedings that are mm-hmm. going on. That is obviously taking up a lot of air, uh, especially in the media, but also just in Congress in general. Um, so hopefully, I'm, a, as you know, an eternal <laughs> optimist. Right. And so I feel like that may give USMCA an opportunity to kind of slide a little bit under the radar um, because it's not going to get a lot of media attention until it's probably time to vote. Yeah. And in other USMCA news, our uh, parody video that we did that um, got crossways with the village people is now yes! back up. Yes, I'm so excited. So if anybody's been wanting to take a look at that and has been wondering where it is, it's now out of purgatory and it is <laughs> on our website um, under, uh, if you go to the advocacy area of the website um, and look at the roadmap and click on trade, that'll come up there and you can watch the video uh, at your leisure and, anytime you want. And you can, of course, also find it on our social media outlets. Absolutely. So it's we're very, you, our YouTube channel as well. Very, very excited that it is back and that we have yes. reached a very, very amicable agreement with the village people. Yes, they were very nice. They were nice people. They're uh, nice village people. Yes, so. <laughs> they are. Um, one other item that um, has happened since we last spoke uh, regarding trade, which I, I didn't mention to you earlier, but the uh, China uh, mm-hmm. negotiations have had at least an announcement that there may be an agreement in principle on um, a few items. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it really remains to be seen if that is going to to get signed into an actual agreement in, 
in on paper. Right. Um, but at least President Trump made an announcement that they had agreed to some things on pr- in principle, though. It is encouraging to see that negotiations continue to move forward with China. I actually gave a presentation last night on trade, and, and my line on China is, I am from the show-me state through and through. Mm-hmm. And so I will believe that a deal with China is done when I see it signed. Yeah. Um, because there's just a lot of things that can go on. There's a lot of political personalities, very large political differences between the United States and China, um, and a lot of differing views on how international trade should be managed. Those things don't always just get worked out overnight. Um, So I think it is an encouraging first step, uh, but there's a lot of work to be done until that's actually on the books. Yeah, and the Chinese have had a a bit of a track record of backing out of initial agreements. Yes. We're, uh, we we're hope that doesn't happen. Exactly. We're, we're optimistic, hopeful that it will uh, come through this time because it seems like a bigger step than we've seen announced in the past. So mm-hmm. hopefully it really is true progress. But, yeah, like you say, it's a wait until we see it um, actually signed mm-hmm. before we start, you know, selling things based on it. It's interesting to me, and this is just purely my amateur speculation, um, but we did see pretty recently an agreement announced with Japan. Right. Um, I've wondered if that may have put some pressure on China because they're also in that region to, mm-hmm. to try to come up with something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that may just be totally unrelated, but it is interesting to me that they've seemed to want to come to the table after we've reached a right. fairly large agreement with Japan. Like so. a week or two afterwards, right. they all of a sudden um, came up with something preliminary. Right. And it sounds like they have a lot of political pressure back home that they're under. And yes. This has been hurting their economy, so they are For sure. wanting to get that resolved. Um, So something that's been uh, affecting our rural economy um, Mm -hmm. that I know you've dealt a lot with is the renewable fuel standard. Yes. Um, That's something that's made a lot of news in the agricultural press. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where are we with that? So I feel like to understand kind of what's gone on recently with the RFS, I want to give a little bit of of context because I know not all of our listeners are probably corn farmers. So I'll give you the very, very like basic Cliff Notes version of what has gone on. So under the renewable fuel standard, um, we are mandated to blend a certain amount of ethanol in the United States. Every year. Every every single year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that is set annually. Mm -hmm. EPA administers that program generally, and they have the ability to grant exemptions or waivers. They're called small refinery exemptions. We call them waivers. They're kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, They have the ability to basically grant those waivers to smaller refineries who can prove that it is going to be a burden on them to blend that much ethanol. Mm -hmm. So everybody has to blend a certain amount, but you can apply for relief from that. Right. And these are like oil refineries. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the EPA has granted several of those waivers, but they have not done anything to address the amount, the overall amount of ethanol that's blended. So they grant the waivers, but those gallons don't go to someone else. So they're Mm -hmm. not making up for what they're waiving, Mm -hmm. uh, which the agriculture industry feels like is not the intention of the RFS. So I think they granted this past year, I believe it was like 31 of these waivers to small refineries. And that has resulted in a pretty significant loss in the amount of blended ethanol we've seen domestically. So it's supposed to be about 15 billion gallons. There's a lot of different estimates out there, um, but it would probably be safe to say that this has resulted in us blending about a billion gallons less than what is generally supposed to be done. So the White House announced probably two or three weeks ago that they were going to take steps to reallocate those unblended gallons. So take them from where they've been waived and put them on other refiners who 
have a larger capacity and probably have the ability to blend more ethanol. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, when we saw the proposal come out, it did not accurately address the number of gallons that were truly waived Mm -hmm. under this program. And so it's still not achieving what we believe the intention of the renewable fuel standard is. Yeah, and basically the White House's actions didn't really match the words that they had said a a week or two earlier. Right. Which, you know, the real true, you know, this this podcast is called Digging In. Well, you want to really get into the the depths of why people are upset about this, it's because they felt misled yes. um, by that initial announcement by the White House. Right. Um, they felt like the White House said what everybody wanted to hear and then got them on board and got them to say public statements in support mm-hmm. of it and then came out with the actual proposal language and it didn't match up with what they had said. Very bait and switch. Yeah, that's how it felt at yeah. least. Yeah. So it's been, uh, we've been pretty vocal about mm-hmm. that. We sent a letter. We joined with the Missouri Corn Growers Association and the Missouri Soybean Association earlier this week to call on our congressional delegation to weigh in with EPA. There is going to be a public comment period where um, organizations and their members can weigh in with EPA on how we think these should be allocated um, and hopefully make some positive change in their proposal. The nice thing, um, and I think you know, this is a really important part of being involved in your government and being involved in the process is we do have an opportunity to weigh in and make our voice heard. So hopefully the EPA can get more on track with what we were all led to believe was going to be the situation. Right. Hopefully so. Um, Lastly, let's talk a little bit about um, the Missouri Farm Bureau resolutions process, Mm -hmm. policy development. We talked about that a little bit in our last podcast with Todd Hayes, but unfortunately we had some audio issues. So some people may not have um, been able to uh, catch everything that we said in that. So let's just review some of those things. What are the the biggest um, topics to come out of our resolutions committee uh, hearing and things that are going to be proposed for the delegates here in our uh, annual meeting in only about five weeks? Yeah, great question. So our state resolutions committee met last week to um, discuss all of the policy recommendations that are submitted by county farm bureaus, by our commodity committees, and then by any special working groups that are appointed by our board of directors. Mm -hmm. Um, So one thing, and I know we've talked about it on our podcast pretty frequently, is there were some recommendations put forward by the Feral Hog Study Group, which was appointed by the board of directors. They had some policy recommendations that were adopted by the state resolutions committee. Uh, Pretty extensive policy Mm -hmm. recommendations. really encompass a lot of facets of the issue. Um, So definitely be on the lookout for those um, items. Significant policy change on federal milk marketing order reform. You know, the dairy industry in Missouri, um, but nationwide as well, has really been struggling. And a lot of our members feel that those federal milk marketing marketing orders are really outdated and they need some changes. So our dairy committee worked with our state resolutions committee to propose some changes that will be presented to the delegate body. Um, But a lot of different things are covered in that resolutions meeting. You know, Missouri Farm Bureau works on a lot of different issues. Mm -hmm. And so um, we have resolutions on broadband. We have resolutions on flooding, which is not surprising given given the year we've had. Um, some on agricultural marketing. So um, there's a lot of different topics. We're actually working on um, the fall issue of Show Me Missouri Farm Bureau magazine is going to be hitting mailboxes the first week of November. And members can 
review those tentative policies, they'll be printed in Show Me Magazine. Uh, unfortunately, we only have a couple pages, so it's not possible <laughs> to put the whole policy book in the magazine. Uh, but if you go to our website, if you type in portal.mofb.org, it'll take you to a login page where you can actually enter your membership number, which you can find on your membership card. Or if you are um, have the Missouri Farm Bureau Perks Plus app and you turn your phone sideways, it'll show your membership card so you can look at it on your phone. Um, you log in with that number and it'll show you the full set of policy resolutions. Yeah, and there is quite a bit. Like you yeah. say, this is two full pages of the magazine actually has quite a bit of information in it. Right. Um, but there's a whole lot more beyond that. These are just the kind of the most uh, the highlights. High, yeah, highlighted items that are going to get the most discussion most likely. And there's a lot of technical changes that always get proposed or grammatical changes or, you know, things like that that are in there as well that you can, if you want to look through all the full recommendations, you can see more of those mm-hmm. by logging into the website. But that is a, a good thing to take a good look at. Uh, once it comes out of the magazine or go ahead and and do it on the website. Right. We're really proud of our policy development process at Farm Bureau. It's something that we as a staff and our membership as a whole really, really is, um, takes a lot of pride in. And so we want to be sure that our members who are voting delegates really do have the opportunity to look at those policies in depth before the annual meeting. So I would really encourage our listeners to, like I said, take a look at the magazine and then log on at our website uh, and review those. And then if you have any suggested changes or things you'd like to bring up at annual meeting, that will help you be prepared to do that. So, and, um, and on that note, what what are the the opportunities from this point until the the book gets finally approved? Mm-hmm. Can you describe what the different opportunities are to propose changes? Sure, great question. So, uh, the first opportunity to um, propose a policy change is that you would attend what's called open hearing at our annual meeting. That's at one thirty on Sunday afternoon. Anybody can present to the open hearing. We do ask that you contact the home office in advance just so we can put you on the schedule and we know you're coming. Um, But that's an opportunity for you to actually address the resolutions committee as a whole before the full delegate body reviews resolutions. So um, sometimes we have a lot of people come to hear open hearings. Sometimes we don't have very many, uh, but that'll be about an hour long. And then the committee will meet in a closed session to consider any recommendations that are made. Mm-hmm. We also have uh, another opportunity. We have a resolutions room at the annual meeting. So that'll be at Margaritaville Lake Resort, formerly Tantara, for those of you who aren't familiar with that. Um, that is going to be room 682 at the annual meeting. And that is open sometimes on Sunday afternoon, Sunday morning a little bit, and then Monday morning before the general session. And in that room, any voting delegate, so you have to be a registered voting delegate of your county, can come in and propose policy resolutions or changes. Mm -hmm. The final opportunity is on the delegate floor. So the business session will be for voting delegates at one o'clock Monday afternoon. And it is kind of like Congress, or um, if anybody who's listening participated in FFA or parliamentary procedure contest of mm-hmm. some sort, it's, it's very similar to that. So members have the opportunity to stand up, make a motion, have discussion. There's debate sometimes. Um, and then ultimately, those are all voted on during that business session. Very good. Well, um, along those lines, I do want to uh, let everybody know that if you're um, interested in going to our annual meeting, It will be December 8th through the 10th 
at Margaritaville Lake Resort. Um, as you mentioned, it is formerly Tantera, but we're trying to get good at using the new name. Right. Um, and you can go to our website at mofb.org and go to the events page, and there's a um, it is posted there, and you can see the tentative agenda there. Um, look at who the speakers are going to be, what the sessions are going to be, and sign up there. I think that it'll be a, a worth your while to um, take time to come down to Lake of the Ozarks again. That's uh, Sunday, December eighth through Tuesday, December 10th of uh, this year. So we uh, are working hard to get ready for that. There's a lot of things going on here at the home office to get prepared for annual meeting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. We're looking forward to seeing everybody there. If you have questions about annual meeting, don't hesitate to contact the home office. And also sign up for your trivia team. Yes. To benefit the foundation. Second annual trivia contest for the foundation it's is going to be, be a good one. Sunday night at annual meeting. I've got my team registered <laughs> already. So. And um, I hear that there are going to be even more fun things going along with this. Yes. It's going to be exciting. We have a lot of there. good things planned. So. Um, and you can uh, find that as well on that uh, events page mm-hmm. on our website. If you'd like to sign up, you can sign your team up directly there on the website. So make your way over to mofb.org and sign up for annual meeting and the trivia night. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you again for joining yep, us. Spencer. Thank you. All right.